Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. and welcome to this week's episode of the Events for Breakfast podcast. Now I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host and before we go any further I'm just going to take a little pause here and say we made it. We are into February. Hurrah! January really did feel like the longest month ever, even longer than usual. But we're here, we made it into February and in the UK we've got daffodils starting to come through so spring is starting to peek through just a little bit. I know I'm holding on to hope here aren't I? Anyway, before we get into today's interview I'm going to start with my watch out with some really good news that in the UK the International Convex confirmed they are changing their dates which means that they can hold a fully immersive live event. And that is that is their dream, that's what they're aiming for. So normally it takes place in the UK in February, but due to COVID, we, it's being moved to the 22nd to the 23rd of June at the Excel in London. And my hope is that they do take the opportunity to make it a bit of a hybrid event so that our international friends and colleagues and events profs across the globe can also join in and also make it fully inclusive for everybody across the UK too. So let's watch out for that, watch out for registration and let's see what happens. Coming on to today's interview. I'm delighted to be joined by Robert Kenwood and for most of us in the UK, if we are in the events industry, we do know about Robert. Robert is an events recruitment specialist and he owns two of his own businesses, You Search and Select and The Hub Jobs. He's extremely well known within the events industry in the UK and has a prolific voice and opinion building his own brand online super successfully. Now, as you can imagine, COVID has had a massive effect on his businesses. And the best thing about Robert is that he's been very honest, transparent and open in sharing his journey. In today's interview, we get lots out of him and you will really enjoy the honesty. So let's go meet Robert now. Welcome, Robert. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the invite. Oh, no. And I, as I've discussed with you previously, I've, I've been following you avidly right, very recently sort of on social media and stuff. And we'll come on to that very shortly. But first of all, for all of our listeners that are listening may not know about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the events industry, please? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I got involved in the events industry as per most of us, really, like pure dumb luck. You know, I um, never heard of it. I was working recruitment and my boss at the time ended up moving to London to, to marry a guy that ran an agency. And then she called me up and said, you know, streets of London are paved with gold and events. Uh, you know, I'd never heard of this 80 billion pound industry, you know, like most people, you know, yeah. even my mother now thinks I'm still a party. We recruit for party planners, you know. <laughs> So it, it was pure luck, really. Yeah, I, I went in there and that was I was event side for seven years and I've had this business for five. So it's I fell in love with it like we all do. We don't do it for the bloody money, do we? Let's be yes. honest, all the all the sociable hours. But um, yeah, no, it was by pure luck. And as, as you say, I'm 
I've been doing recruitment and events for, for 20 years in total wow. now. So yeah, it's kept me involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we are going to come on to your businesses very shortly. But first of all, let's think about recruitment. So there's absolutely no denying the fact that you are pretty much the expert in, in events recruitment um, and advice to everybody out there at the moment. So mm -hmm. what is it about recruitment that, get, that inspires you to get out of the bed in the morning? Uh, so I, th I think typical politician, there's, there's two or three answers, really. But I think if you think about it, there's not a lot of jobs where you have like everybody wins. Yes. So, for example, an employer comes to me, I help them find a candidate that's going to help them take the business forward. Yeah. That's a real big win. Um, I also help people find career. I mean, as you know, I'm a retained recruiter, so I don't yeah. just throw the CVs in there. I find the person. So I, so I help people find careers, which is a great win. It's not me that gets the job. They get the job, you know. And the other side of it is I get paid for that. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's three people winning. And that's quite unusual. And and. I just enjoy it. And I know that horrible, you know, oh, not every day is the same, but that's exactly what I have and what, what I've always wanted in life is to, you know, help other people whilst, you know, myself being helped as well. Because we all love what we do, don't we? But you wouldn't do it for free because that's that's just crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a sort of, I hate the word passion because I always think passion is for the bedroom, not the boardroom. But I can't, you know, I enjoy what I do to a level that I can't see myself doing anything else, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you can see that in everything I've seen you in and all the different sort of talks that you've given on all the different socials and everything recently. You know, that that word passion does definitely, or enthusiasm definitely, you know, exudes out of you. So, yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Um, I'm going to come straight on to 2020. Luckily, we're now into 2021. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> I know. <laughs> And um, we've talked about the fact that I, so, I follow you on social media. And what I love about you in 2020 is the fact that you were so open about how the pandemic really hit your business. Um, so let's talk about the last eight months and your journey. How's it been? Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, tough, I think, is a word that we all use. Um, I, I think it's been it's, it's been quite revelationary as well. I think there's not a lot of times in life where you, you do get a chance to reset. Yeah. You know, you do get a chance to, because we can't work, because, you know, we depend on global travel and large gatherings of people. We're pretty yeah. screwed, aren't we? So Absolutely. it was quite in a, in a positive mental attitude way. It was like, would I have launched the hub without the pandemic? Yes, but probably not for about another three or four years. Yeah. And not to the level of detail and the community partners and sponsor, uh, investors we have now. But, you know, the like everybody else, you know, that sort of, February, March, April was just, I mean, I'm a really big fan of the five stages of grief, the original Kubler-Ross model. Oh, yes, I yeah. really, really like, I like the label. I like knowing that there's feelings. I like knowing that there's processes you have to go through, you know, and, and we went through all of them. You know, we went through that like everybody else have. And it was good to sort of understand that, do you know what, that phrase, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to realise that, I could spend 10 hours a day in my office and actually there's no output and that's not my fault. And that was really hard for a, an entrepreneur and somebody that's, you know, I, I am positive by nature. I'm also very pragmatic, but it was really hard to sort of shake that feeling of I've done something wrong. You know, why has this happened to me? Even though it's happened to the world, you're not human. If you don't think like, why has this happened to me? What have I done wrong? So the last eight months have been a real sort of, a journey if we were talking like x-factor consultant uh, uh, contestant <laughs> but it's it's been that sort of what can i do rather than what can i not do 
you know, that's what I've taken from the last eight months. And, you know, look, on a financial point of view, I'm screwed. You know, I, I'm, I'm part of the excluded and forgotten group. So my wife and I made it when we got to I got to acceptance back in May. The acceptance was when is our industry really going to when am I going to earn again? And I, I thought, right, I'm not going to earn for 12 months. Yeah. Can I not earn for 12 months and get to 12 months? Do I have a brand big enough and strong enough that I can start again? Because, you know, we've only been going five years, but the last three years we were flying, you know, rocking and rolling. So I thought, yeah, I can do that. Now, look, look you know, I've had to spend say, all my savings that I've spent yeah. saving up for. I was about to buy a house and that all f- fell through. So my house deposit, I've had to spend that. Um, I'm into the overdraft now, you know, Um, and yeah, no support from any, you know, we got a a BBL loan, but obviously we've got to pay that back, but we haven't, we haven't started that. So we looked at it and went, you know what, I can come out of this. I'm going to devastate my savings, start again, but it was actually quite cathartic. It was like, I don't care what the R rate is. I don't care if we're in lockdown. I don't care if we're up and down. I don't care the dates that Boris says we can start again. I am now looking at, we are not going to get set until we have a vaccine. Yes. And I gave myself to the end of the year, December, and said, in December, if there's no vaccine, you need to leave the events industry and you could, uh, you know, have other options. To, and that's it. You have to leave the events industry. And it was really quite like, okay, that's quite nice to be like that, you know? Yeah. And, and I was on a few webinars and things. And I, I know I came across not being negative, but I was like, why do you think we're going to be meeting again in October? Yeah. I, I'm an event professional. I'm not going to go to a bloody meeting in October. Why would, you know, so that, that sort of eight months has been, you know, get us, get ourselves in order, ready for, you know, the next five, 10 years or whatever. And I love that. It is the, it's the realist in you, isn't it? And the pragmatic side of you that's gone, do you know what? I know, I know what I can do. I know what I can control and what I can't control. And those that, like you say, that, that mapping out of, of understanding the change process around sort of anger, anxiety and frustration yeah, yeah. and everything, and then adaptation and everything. You've managed that completely yourself, haven't you? And you, you've given yourself the boundaries to work within and you've gone by the end of the year, if it's not going to work, then I've got to accept that and move on and I love that I like I love the fact that you've done that if you don't mind me asking how has it affected you know you've got and again something that you talk about quite a lot on social media is your family you know you've got a great family there so how how has it affected your family life and your personal well-being uh yeah I mean that that's probably been one of the toughest I mean you know it's been it's been a difficult sort of uh relationship with both my wife and and the kids because obviously it is absolutely, I've got a six-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and it's been wonderful having my six-year-old here, yeah. for me, not my wife, because, <laughs> you know, my wife has already put her career on pause looking after the youngest, yeah. and she's now had to include homeschooling in that. You know, I try and help out, but realistically, I'm trying to, to run the business. You know, I, I do my one day on a Monday, and I shout about it, you think I, I want a statue built of yeah. me, you know, typical guy, you know. Um, but it's been really hard and when we went through this together we were like right we can't I can't lean on my wife like I would a business partner because that's not healthy and we looked at we have I know this sounds really sad but we have a weekly meeting and at the weekly meeting and most of the time look it's probably with a bottle of wine that yeah. Yeah. but we have this weekly meeting with an agenda and that's where we get out the like right what do you want to know about the business what do you need to know what are you con- I can't remember the other agenda like what what are you concerned about what do you want me to do differently and stuff like that and also on the flip side, we then talked about the home. Now, I'm not saying we didn't talk during the week. Yeah. But what we found was having that meeting meant she could sit in that meeting and say, 
I don't know, it really pisses me off when you come downstairs and muck about with the kids while I'm homeschooling just because you've got time for a tea. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what? I get that. And I'll, and I'll look at that rather than if that ekes out while you're watching telly during the week, that becomes a full on, right, let's have a Barney about yeah. this, you know? Wow, and I what think, a great way to manage that. That's great, isn't it? I, well, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It was hard. And, you know, my wife's um, an HR and a, and a town planner. You know, she's she's done two masters since she left uni. She, yeah. I've I've absolutely married out of my league. I'm more than aware of that. But I think she's been great for us because, you know, like I, I, I posted about this. I started having a problem with my drinking. You know, I, I realised that my drinking had got to levels of this is not fun drinking, you know, and that comes out sideways in, in your, you know, how you feel in yourself, how you project your family. You know, I mean, I, you know, complete honesty, I've just started having counselling. I haven't had, had counselling for probably six or seven years and I've had that now not during the crisis but I'm, I'm having that now because we're coming out of the worst bit if that makes sense and yeah. I don't want to go into the next positive bit carrying you know the anger from what's happened the guilt from thinking it's my fault and no matter how much you love your wife and family they're not really the conversations that I think is is healthy to it's obviously healthy to chat but it's not healthy to sort of unload at that level because that's not what we sign up for. I love my wife to, to pieces, but I'm not a trained counsellor and, and vice versa. So I think that stage of it, you know, went back to that five stages of grief that that really saved me from there was probably about a two or three week period, especially with the whole excluded thing. You know, yeah, I, I don't get anything. You know, no. I'm not asking. We're asking for parity. That's it. Not not anymore. And, you know, I'm reading online that because I'm a sole director of a company, I'm a, you know, millionaire tax dodger, you deserve what, you know, and it's like, mate, I don't get pension, I don't get holiday, I don't get redundancy, I don't get sick, you know, give, give us a break. And that was really hard, you know, you take that personally. Yeah. And I think that whole social media, we were talking just offline about Clubhouse being the new thing. Yes. You know, social media is wonderful. It's absolutely, I think, saved people's lives. Yeah. It's also caused people to no longer be here because social can can kill you yeah you know absolutely. you've got to be really careful and and I have this on my one-to-ones people like you know posting about jobs I've got a job I've got a job and of course people that don't have a job are sat there going well, what about me what am I doing wrong like why why am I be and I'm sat there going you're not being left behind absolutely you, you know you're not you know yeah. so, so I think I went through all of that and I'm I'm open enough and I, I lost a few you know lost a few hundred followers and gained a few thousand followers because people didn't want to hear somebody saying not I'm struggling today but saying I'm really having a shit time but here's I didn't I was also putting back out there like saying like it's okay to feel like this it, you yeah. don't have to beat yourself up and I think that resonated with a few people I think yeah I think what you did you voiced you voiced something everyone was thinking basically and that and that ties lovely into my next sort of um, question around the fact that you know I think what what I've got from you in the past eight months is that you are honest open and genuine so everything you are posting online is authentic and it's coming from you and and I can tell that you are quite an open person anyway to talk to so when you've been posting and and sharing things honestly and openly in the sort of past eight nine months have you done that consciously it was there a strategy around why you were sharing so openly or was that just your personality and your way I wish I was that clever Kelly I know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think look, my, my social media strategy has always been, you know, Monday, I do this type of content, Wednesday, I do this type of content, Friday, I do this type of content. The Wednesday is much more thought led. So yeah. the Wednesdays became the area where I thought, right, that is where I could maybe put 
you know information out there that people will read like longer form words is what i'm saying long form people can digest it and, and sort of look at it did i sort of do it from a strategic no of course i didn't because it might turn people off people don't oh i don't want to work with him he looks like he's crying or he looks like he's down and i had people say that to me you know ask i would say that to me yeah weirdly enough recruiters who i've now blocked um but i put stuff out there from a view of you know i know that people buy people but 50 percent of the reason my business was successful um was because of my credibility because of my background because of my experience you know if you, you can have the best product in the world, but if you're not all those things, you haven't got a business. Yeah. So I was sort of saying, well, this is me, you know, and 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 by saying this is me, I think people have been like, do you know what? It's, it's fine to be yourself. There's nothing wrong with the odd day staying in bed and drinking some wine and watching Netflix. Just give yourself a bloody break, but don't let that become your daily routine because obviously yes. that's there. So yeah, there was no strategy behind it, but I was doing it from a, this is me being genuine because my whole business, you know, is built on the fitability and, the, you know, that sort of Absolutely. being about the person, you know. Yeah. And the and your business is all around you, isn't it? The relationships that you build and, and that, the connection and the collaboration that you build. So I think it's important that you are you do come across as that genuine person online. Mm. Definitely. And it, and it helps when you're, you know, you're trying to help people with careers and yeah. look, recruiters, rightly so, have a bad rep. But then so do employers when they're hiring, rightly so, you know, they have a bad rep. And I think there's a lot of distrust in recruitment. So I think if someone's speaking to me and they're like, well, you're that guy that has told it like it's, there's going to be a, a more of an instant like, OK, well, I, I do trust you because yeah. I think I know you. And that, and that helps because obviously we back it up with being trustworthy and honest and credible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does help. It really does. It does. And I, what I want to do now is come on to something very exciting, obviously, which is the launch of your new business, which is just we talked you talked earlier there about the fact that it's probably a few years earlier than you thought. Mm. Um, but the hub, hub jobs very recently is what you've set up. So can yeah. you tell us about it and, and the motivation for doing so? Yeah, I mean, look, it's for me, this came about 18 months ago. I recognise that lots of employers really want to recruit themselves. And yeah. recruiters, you can scream from the rooftops, um, but people will still recruit themselves. And also recruiters, you know, using job boards. So things like Read and Indeed, they're called job boards. That's where yeah. people post adverts. And what I recognise is there's not a people board. There's nothing focused on the candidates. And obviously there's more now, unfortunately, than there ever will be. Yeah. So the idea of having a centralised area that people can upload their CVs, suddenly I was sat there thinking, oh God, there's hundreds of thousands of people looking up. Like, there's never a better time to launch a business that depends on people looking for jobs yeah. when this many people are. Um, and I've got some, you know, I've done it in the sort of community aspect. We've got like Diversity Ally, Evcom, Eventwell, Fast Forward 15, the HBAA, ILEA, IMEX, the MIA, MPI, you know, all these associations and two more we've got coming up, which will, I can't say at the moment because it's secret. Yeah. But it's another acronym, as you can appreciate. Um, and all these companies have come on board from a, yes, we're going to help people find work. Yeah. You know, and employers and recruiters will, you know, obviously pay to post job adverts, but it'll be nominal numbers. It, you know, yeah. This isn't going to make me bloody rich, put it that way. Um, but it's done for like a, there you go, there's a place now. Look, you know, you can't get your CV on there if you're not an event. The software behind this, Kelly, is just sexy as hell. Oh, so, so it's done from like you as an applicant who's got to look at recruiters, employers, all the job boards, all the social. Get your CV on there and let people find you. And that's the Amazing. whole thing. And, you know, it's been really taken well. We've got, 
I think it's, it's a few hundred already in the last three or four weeks, you know, and it doesn't go live. The, the, the job board posting bit won't go live for a couple of months because I'm developing what's on there now is more of a sort of holding marketing yeah. platform. Yeah. yeah it, would I have done that? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because my business was, the other one was taking up every single second of my time, you know. Yeah, and the, but this feels really fresh, doesn't it? And it, it, it's like you say, it's that community feel, um, which I think right now has become really important. And, you know, we're all living our lives online and sort of the communities and microtribes are, are what's keeping us going every single day. And I'm sure that's not only in the events industry, you know, we're, we're knee deep in the events industry and I'm sure it is our other, other sectors as well. Um, and you talked about all those partnerships that you've built there and the collaborations that you've built. And um, I'm just wondering, do you see, do you see the, the level of collaboration continuum once we sort of go back to that in-person era as such do you feel it will continue I, I think I think we'd be foolish to think it wouldn't reduce yeah I think more of a more of a time sensitivity than than people not wanting to do it yeah I think what we've seen is these sort of micro tribes like you said these sort of engagement pods you know we're talking about clubhouse we're talking about well twitter spaces I think we'll probably close that down pretty shortly but you know we're seeing all these things the interesting part of that is the the sort of promoting of other people's work that hasn't really happened before yes you know not so much the engagement you know let's have a chat but you know kelly you know like you with your podcast you know i i, I will like it i'll comment on it i'll share it because it's like there you go that's great i want my network to see that whereas yeah. before maybe people would have just looked over and gone okay i might have a look at that but then i'll just you know i've got i've got work to to do so i yeah. think we will see a reduction in it of course but i think and you're seeing it now, especially with work. And that's why I love it. You know, people who are spending their days reposting job adverts they see onto their Facebook page or LinkedIn page. That's amazing. And long yeah. may that continue. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a big fan of that whole, you know, you put good stuff out there. Don't expect stuff back, but you put good stuff out there. That makes you feel better. And if you feel better, trust me, your life is better. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. And we're coming on to the topic of in person. So, um, you know, we are in January 2021. And um, we, I think everyone was expecting live to come back in sort of the autumn 2020, wasn't it? And there was no who, way that was Who happening. was expecting live to come oh. back? What crazy person was expecting live to come back in August 2020? Because I'll show you someone that did not <laughs> no, uh, I, and unfortunately, I think, look, we, we are a very positive industry. Let, let's be brutally honest yeah. about this. I was very worried and I did put some posts out there back end of last year. There's quite a lot of this, like, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year. Everything's good because you do end of a year. Yeah. Pop, pop, and I was out there saying, please, guys, look, please realize that, you know, January to March is just going to be the same. Yeah. I was putting that out there saying, yeah. and then I started saying, even back in June, July, I was saying, we are not meeting until we've got a vaccine. Yeah. Like in large numbers, you know, 15,000, 10, we are not meeting again how we want to meet because you know uh, um, I'm on the ILEA board and um, oh, what's his name Carlo is the head of sales at Farnborough you know he was talking about uh, spaces that he could hold 1200 and under restrictions he could only have like 200 or 400 wow. so it wasn't okay you know so back then you're like we're not going to work again how we want events wise till the back end of this year yeah. however no events can happen without people no business gets given without people no. I will tell this to you now, March onwards will be the biggest recruitment wild west gold rush you've ever seen. This year will be nine months of everybody has to scale again. All those companies, yes. that let, they might not, you know, they might have let go of 60 and they need to get back 40 or something yeah. like that. 
they've got a scale yes. because clients won't say, yeah, here's my multi-million pound event. You, oh, you just tell me who's going to deliver it later. Oh, you tell me who's going to be in charge of video. They're not. They're going to, I want to meet them. And if you don't have them, you won't get the business. Yeah. So you're preparing for March, are you? Is, are you setting the foundations up now for Yeah, I mean, March? you know, I've, I, as you know, I work retained. I've got a couple of roles on at the moment. I've got a couple of yeah. freelance. You know, I don't need, I'm not a volume recruiter. You know, I yeah. do 12 to 15 roles a year. That That's all I do because, as I said, don't want to be a millionaire. Just want to spend time with my kids and yeah. not have to worry about roof and over my head and food and stuff like that. And my wife, sorry. God, nearly yeah, forgot wife. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're seeing some some things coming out now, but let's not kid ourselves. The stuff that's coming out now is virtual producers, oh, is yeah. online. Yeah. You know, what I'm talking about is, you know, uh, event planners, head of events, um, uh, uh, creatives, you know, those march onwards. Yeah. It will be ridiculous and it's it's great and it will be, you know, we need that's again like with the you, we need to think about how we recruit, and that's both employers, recruiters, and candidates. You know, yeah. the old style of doing it, banging CVs around, even even down to you know like jobs for your mates. You know, like oh Kelly, do you know anyone? Yeah, you should speak to Dan, and then Dan gets the job. No, that's not right. I don't care who. I will die on the hill of getting a job through a referral is the right thing to do. It's not. If you haven't put someone through a rigorous selection process, if you haven't decided in advance what you're looking for what the skills are what the benefits you're just setting yourself up and that candidate to fail and I, I don't know why we keep doing it as a business I really uh, as a sector I don't I agree and I, the thing that worries me at the moment is that because I'm I'm tr trying to rebuild an inaugural team for P&O Cruises um, for hopefully launching a ship later this year yeah. when we're allowed um, and my worry in all of this is that like you get inundated with all the applications and how do you how on earth as a as a recruiter as a, as a director that to try and get that team set up how do you make sure that you are getting the right people on board when you're probably going to get hundreds of, of, in, of people applying right now that's my worry mm. i don't get the right people in, involved but that do you know what I'll, I'll tell you a secret that nobody talks about right job adverts that is the answer to yeah. quality candidates i see so many people try to merge a job description or a, or a job profile all recruiters that go my client copy and paste job description don't put the job description. Don't write, you will need, you must do. You yes. will tell people what they get. Tell people why you're the employee, but make it very clear what you're looking for in return. Because you will still get the, the people that have seen Wayne Gretzky, you know, the whole, you, 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 you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I freaking <laughs> hate that phrase because it's bollards. Um, but it goes back to the job advert. Sit down, no, decide your team. Who is going to recruit for this? Whose input do I need? Who's going to be the stakeholders? And it'll only be three maximum, maybe four maximum. Yeah. But there's only three or four people that need to make a decision on that hire. Absolutely tops. I would argue maybe two to three. And you go through and you say to all of them, right, tell me five things you need this person to do. Just anecdotally, what do you need them to do? Because you can write, God, I can write a job description. I do it for my client. You can write a job description easy. Yeah. What do you want them to do for the business? And you'll get all these people together and they'll all be different. But what you've now got is, okay, if I put that person in front of you, we've got the person. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. It's Easy. just about do it. Think about it like an event. You wouldn't just run off to an event. You'd have milestone meetings. You'd have touch points. You'd have time scales. You'd have roles and responsibilities. Do that your bloody self and do it properly. You don't, yeah. God, I'm going to get shot by the community. You don't. <laughs> need to use a recruiter if you do it properly but what people do is they go oh yeah i'll bang bang something on linkedin that's recruitment that's not recruitment no, no. that's applicant 
scraping and what you're going to get is the best of who applies rather than the best of who's out there and that is the difference between a professional recruiter or somebody recruiting internally properly absolutely and i will die on that hill that's two hills i will die on <laughs> so i think the, the positive thing that you were saying there for people that might be listening that are trying to find work at the moment is hold out because a couple of months down the line now we are going to be seeing a really big recruitment surge so it's getting you getting yourself prepared isn't it to be in the best possible place with your cv with your what what else in terms of um for for somebody that's looking for a job what else is important rather than just their cv well, I think just to sort of bring that back very quickly, the focus for me, if, if I was looking for work in the next zero to three to four months is, yeah. and, I, and I'll preach and I bang this drum all the time, you focus on your physical health, your mental health and your financial health. Now, financial health can be whether you've got to be on universal credit, whether you've got to spend your savings, whether you've yeah. got to borrow for your family, your members, whether you've got to be an MD of a company or, or, or work at the post, it doesn't matter, legally, obviously legally. <laughs> and, that is important, okay? And obviously, if you can, ups, you know, obviously get on to, to hop in and StreamYard and all these, you know, learn how to do these platforms because they're going to be around for a while. Get, they've all got free tutorials. Go and do that. Because what that does is, is your next career out there at the moment? It's probably not, I'm afraid. Is this the time to have an existential career crisis? Of course it's not. Calm down, relax. Now's the time to be around the industry, commentate, engage, be relevant, be pertinent, be seen. Your application is your CV and your LinkedIn profile. And because I pig in hate cover letters, and I know there's a whole thing about them, but I don't like cover letters. But the email that you send, if there's a put that, you know, that says any extra words you want to put, or, or when if I was emailing you, Kelly, a copy of my CV, if you're not putting in that little blurb something like, you know, hey, Kelly, and this role really spoke to me with my background, I feel I can add value here and I can make your life easier here. I've yeah. done some things that I really, you know, you have to sell yourself because yeah. you won't get a job with your CV and your LinkedIn profile. People no. forget that. You'll get an interview. And at the interview, you can be Kelly through. You can be yourself. You can be laugh and fun. And But unless you do your CV and your LinkedIn that says, this is why you need to interview me, you yeah. won't even get a chance to be yourself because you'll just be on the no path. Love that. Really love that. Um, and what I wanted to think about now is for you, because, you know, we, we talked and we went to some real dark stuff in of, about 2020 earlier on. But if we look at 2021, it's looking so much more positive for you already. Um, what does success look like for you with your hub jobs, with your businesses? By the end of 2021, what will a successful year look like for you? Apart from I hope I get a suntan from going abroad somewhere. Oh, that would be quite nice. Down. Jesus. Um, what would it look like? I suppose... I was still going, I was still helping others, I'm still working and still yeah. smiling, I suppose. That that would be a success for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not losing your character and personality because it <laughs> is, yeah, it is something we all we all enjoy um seeing online definitely um and i'm thinking now towards people that might be struggling with a business the same as mm. you you have in the past sort of year um but what you've done very successfully successfully is pivoted so are there any tips out that you could give to someone right now whose business might be struggling they were hoping 2021 was going to sort of pivot for them and help them and look, look a bit more hopeful um what have you learned in the last sort of eight months that you'd sort of give out as tips to these people yeah, I think, I mean, that even that word pivot sort of grates me a bit because I think a lot a lot of small business owners have, have been hit over the head with the word pivot. Yeah. 
you know, if you're not pivoting, then you've given up. If you're not pivoting, you, you're not an entrepreneur. And I think that's bollocks. And I think it's it's stress that people don't need. I've known agencies, you know, lots of cash in the business, been going for 10 or 15 years, you know, who have tried to, you know, you can't do a payroll when you've got no income. No. You know, you, all right, furlough has saved a lot of businesses, but you've still got zero income. Mm. You know, that's not, not their fault. So what I would say to business owners is, it's not personal. It's not your fault. Give yourself a break because you obviously had a successful business in the first place. Don't feel the desire to, oh my God, I have to pivot or I'm, I'm losing it. Um, you know, some businesses are going to come to like you search and select, you know, I'll get to the other side and I can go again. That was my business decision. Some people might say that was, oh, that was a bit weak letting that happen. The hub was the last six or seven months, but that's been in the back of my head. Some people might not have a secondary idea. You know, if you've specialized your your whole business, for example, on, I don't know, FMCG experiential, you can't really suddenly go into finance and life and science and pharma because they're going to go, well, actually, I've got businesses that do that. You've yeah. never done. So you, you, you can't do it. So for me, it's about just taking this time to, again, how many times you get a chance to work on the business rather than in it? You never yeah. do as a small business owner. So, you know, reassess your product, your service. Where does it provide a solution? You must know where the pinch points are for potential customers. Because if you don't, for a start, you need to have a little think about that. So yeah. when you understand that, you'll understand where the market is. You can look at, can you divert your current offering into those markets? If the answer is no, and you can get to the other side of this, you've just got to make sure you're visible. You've got to make sure you're out there. You've got to make sure your people are your brand ambassadors, but also you've got to get through this. Yeah. You know, And I think people forget that whole mental health side of thing that you have to stay strong you know and I'm not saying that from a weak point of view because I've had my own times but there are good times coming yeah and it, and you know it's it's about being positive but not sticking your head in the sand not thinking oh free champagne tomorrow because that's not happening you know you've got to go out and get it don't take it I hate that phrase go out and take it that's horrible I hate that sort of approach go out and let people know what you're good at and what you can do and and it will come to you you know, you've got to make it happen, but it will come. Yeah, I like that. You're absolutely right. And it's coming back to being visible, isn't it? Again, yeah. it, whatever works for you, being visible, sharing your expertise, um, becoming part of those micro tribes and micro communities or whatever. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, now, if anybody's not found you yet on social media or, or know <laughs> about you, which I can't quite believe in the events industry, <laughs> but if anyone hasn't found you yet, what, how can they find out about you? Where, where can they go? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse now, obviously, and a, a very cleverly, because I'm not social media savvy, you can find me at Robert Kenwood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robert Kenwood everywhere. Obviously, you've got the hub.jobs and usas.co.uk for the, the sort of recruitment model as well. And I'm sure you're going to have a super successful year and um, lots of people. I hope we help people. That's what I'm really looking for. Yeah, and you will. Absolutely. And I wish you all the success. Thank you so much for this today, Robert. No worries. Found it quite cathartic. Thank you, Kelly. See, I told you you'd like Robert, didn't I? A huge thank you to Robert for his time today. I think we've all taken lots away from it and really enjoyed his honest and open approach to the interview. If you are looking for a job in events right now, then do visit Robert's community, The Hub Jobs. He has set it up to help get the events industry back on their feet. So do watch out for that.
So that's it for today. I really do hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've got lots more coming up for you this season. If you want to reach out to me and say hello or ask any questions, then please do feel free. I'm on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and you'll find me at Kelly Frew. And if you want to find out more about my business, Storymaker Events, and the podcast, you'll find it all on my website, storymakerevents.com. Until next week, take care of yourself, guys. Bye for now.